Welcome to SelfDiscoveryRadio.com, where the orchard of wisdom is just ready for picking. We celebrate your why, the journey that you've taken that inspires someone else. We support your services. We support your story. Come and be our guest. Become a host. Be an author with us. Come and see what we've got. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Eco Solutions on our Let's Get Synced series. Another new series for you, the Let's Get Synced Roundtable. I'm bringing some wonderful people back that have been interviewed before, and we're putting them together to share even more wisdom. Today, it's about that beautiful empowerment consciousness of water with Yashi Nomoto and Robert Williams. This is going to be an awesome show because what happens when you bring two powerful wonderful committed people together that really have a passion about what they uh, have learned and how they want to help you understand it understand water the healing modalities of it the energy of it the power of it uh, and also the resources of it and how we can learn to respect and see water in a totally different way. Understand you are 70% water, 90% brain water. That means any effect that you have on you, any negative, any positive, will change the water chemistry of your body. And if we don't believe that right now, you will by the end of the show. So let's dive right in. And I'm going to have each one of these wonderful gentlemen, please go back to the Let's Get Synced series and listen to their individual shows. They impart so much wisdom. This is, I think, my fourth or fifth show with Robert. Uh, we've talked about many, many things, his heart app, as well as uh, the 108 water. And Yashi uh, Nanamoto used to work for Imamoto on the beautiful uh, water experiment of consciousness. If you don't know what that is, three rooms, three waters, one was ignored, one was given negative vibrations, told it was a fool, negative uh, towards it, another given some form of love and affirmation. The water that was ignored, nothing happened uh, in it. The water that was given so much negativity changed black. And the other water crystallized into a positive frequency. So think about you as a body of water and how all this negativity in the world or a choice of love can change you within you. And so we're going to discover even more about this today. Now, Yashi worked with Inamoto for a long time and was his secretary and was his... Um, went on all the, the conferences and the talks with him and is continuing his work today. He has a science background. Uh, Robert Williams, a, a beach boy, um, turned water advocate here and uh, with his beautiful heart app as well. And please go back and listen to his shows there too. Very, very powerful. But with his 108 water, is uh, it's very impactful with what he's doing with that as well. So Start off with Yashi, it's at your three o'clock in his morning that he's stayed up for uh, us to do this show today and uh, let him tell us more about him and then we will go over to Robert. Welcome, Yashi. Yeah, thank you for your introduction, Sarah. Uh, good morning from Tokyo, Japan, actually from Yokohama, Japan. Um, but so uh, I started to work for Dr. Emoto in the year 2002 and uh, my job uh, was uh, uh, as an international secretary, and I was with him, uh, especially for his foreign, uh, for his lecture tour in foreign countries. And also, as you explained, I have a scientific background, 
and uh, I got a PhD uh, from University of Tokyo in the area of uh, biology. And so uh, I was a kind of advisor to Dr. Emoto's work. And, but unfortunately, he passed away uh, about uh, four years ago in year uh, 2014th. And uh, after that, uh, we, you know, the Dr. Emoto's staff uh, uh, has been continuing uh, to spread Dr. Emoto's message to the world. And in my case, you know, I'm giving a lecture or seminar about uh, Dr. Emoto's work, uh, especially the water crystal technology and about the book, uh, Message from Water, and also the hidden message in water. And uh, uh, very uh, fortunately for us, uh, we could uh, have uh, very tight connections with the top scientists in water research. Uh, like uh, Dr. Gerard Polak and uh, uh, other people. And um, actually, in the year 2014, um, I believe it was October, uh, there was a conference, uh, water conference in Bulgaria, and the uh, chairman was Dr. Gerard Polak. And uh, actually, Dr. Gerard Polak invited Dr. Emoto as uh, one of the keynote speakers at the conference. And uh, there were three uh, keynote speakers. Uh, one of them was Dr. Emoto, and the other two uh, scientists were Dr. Gerard Polak and Dr. Luc Montagne, actually. But, uh, unfortunately, just before the World Conference in year 2014, uh, Dr. Emoto got very sick. So uh, on behalf of Dr. Emoto, I attended the conference in Bulgaria, and I gave a keynote uh, speech uh, at the conference. Uh, and uh, since then, uh, we, ha we have had a very nice relationship with uh, uh, top scientists in water research, especially the Dr. Gerard Polak. And uh, so after Dr. Emoto passed away uh, at that time, uh, I have been giving seminar and or lecture, not only uh, Dr. Emoto's work, uh, like water crystal technology, but also the I'm explaining about the latest scientific research on water to the general people. And also I'm discussing about the relationship between Dr. Emoto's work and the latest scientific research. That's my job recently. And Good so, job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my, my work. And the, uh, very fortunately, again, you know, the, the scientists, the really you know, top scientists in water research, they are giving the evidence that the water uh, have a memory and also the, they are uh, kind of uh, proving that the Dr. Emoto's intuition or Dr. Emoto's you know, findings were scientifically you know, true. So I'm explaining about this situation to the people. Excellent. Wonderful. And, and uh, you know, I mean, that experiment was, uh, is just so simple, but says so much. And uh, Robert, your background, my darling, I mean, be here forever because it goes on uh, very deep, your journey. But how about uh, you tell everybody where you're at right now, especially with the 108 water? You know, it's, um, it's, a, it's a complete joy to be able to talk about water in the context of consciousness in the context of our own evolutionary pathway to higher states of consciousness. Um, it's probably been around for a long time uh, since the beginning of uh, conscious, uh, you could say the beginning of sentience or the beginning of understanding that 
number one, what we eat and drink and breathe affects our bodies, affects our minds, affects our quality of life. More specifically, the, the special quality of water, which again has been known from, uh, for a long time from the indigenous cultures around the world. Um, you know, if I were to write a book, I might, another book, I might call it the, uh, the History of Holy Waters. Because in at one of my uh, periods of research, we looked at all the different religions and the, the ancient uh, civilizations and the ancient shamanic principles of their society. And we found that water held a key role in, in not only transferring um, healing information, such as the priest or the shaman would bless the water and, and, uh, and help the people, or the water would be blessed in, in a uh, larger sense for crops and for the health of a whole society. So one, you could say one possibility is that these traditions of including water uh, associated with healing, associated with higher quality of life, associated with a quality of the society as a whole, it's just all been folklore and all just, just mm-hmm. for some reason used but not uh, not showing any results. The other is what we, the three of us and many others, now understand that water is more than just oxygen and hydrogen. It's more than just H2O. There's a particular quality of water itself that is interlinked with our own consciousness. And anything that can enhance our consciousness, and I could speak a little bit more how water does that, but anything that can enhance our own life, our own consciousness, can be can be uh, uh, shown to influence um, society as a whole. So if we, you know, if we pay more attention to the quality of our water, we're paying more attention to the quality of our consciousness. Mm-hmm. And as our consciousness has more self-awareness, more, um, uh, more, uh, you could say, more in tune with the laws of nature more in tune with the higher potential of humanity then we're looking at an improved quality of life we're looking at a direction where there's less suffering there's less cruelty there's less abuse because the consciousness of the individual is not resonating with those tendencies it's not resonating with those actions and the the key is in water because water as uh, Yasu briefly mentioned, water holds memory, it holds information. And we're talking, yes, H2O, and we're talking minerals, of course, but there is a link between that physical structure of water, the hydrogen, the oxygen, H2O, and the minerals, and what we call fields of information that are blueprints for higher consciousness and blueprints or you could say roadmaps for our greater potential for our greater expression of life so i started by saying it's just such a joy when i first started researching water in the 
uh, early 80s, you know, there was just this water's water. There's only just, there's no real difference between one water or the other. They knew about polluted water. People knew about polluted water. That made sense. But what about purified water, different kinds of purified waters? And uh, these days, it's, it's bubbling up in our collective unconscious that water is a key to our future, our key to the, you could even say our key to the salvation of the planet itself. And, and that uh, unconscious becoming conscious phenomenon is being met with, with um, experts as Yasu and Emoto and Benvenise and Gerald Pollack and others who are talking about this magical, mysterious power that each drop of water may contain. And it's not all the waters have it, and it has to do with structure and so forth. But I wanted to introduce by just expressing how far we've come as humans understanding not only as water is just a basic, you know, water, air, food, but as a key to uplifting consciousness. Kind of the metaphysical and the science now are kind of merging as one, aren't they? Yeah. You know, it's, it always was science versus. And now they're actually understanding that when you're looking at, you know, spiritual energy, metaphysical energy, quantum energy, we're looking at science itself. And I suppose now we have the technology where we can really break things down and really understand them. Water hasn't changed we've just changed our approach to water in understanding it. Now, let's talk about memory of water, Yeshi, because mm -hmm. that is, you know, uh, people, what are you talking about? What, you know, how does water have memory? Can you explain that a little bit more? Oh, okay. <clears throat> uh, because, uh, you know, uh, in liquid water, uh, usually the, even now, the, most of the scientists are thinking that the, each water molecules uh, randomly you know, moving, you know, to make uh, a connection with uh, one with the neighbor, you know, water molecule, and they, then it would uh, be broken, you know, very quickly. You know, it's an image of liquid water, uh, generally speaking. And uh, so the liquid water is, it's not uh, solid. If it's ice, you know, every uh, bonding is fixed of course, because it's a solid or it's crystal. And if it's a gas, you know, it's vapor, it, each water molecule is separated from each other. But in the case of liquid water, it's a kind of in between, but uh, each water molecule is making a bond with the other water molecule. And uh, after one picosecond, one picosecond, you know, it's uh, 10 to the minus 12 second. It's very short. <laughs> yeah, very fast. Anyway, so it's very quickly the <laughs> each water molecule is making a bond and uh, you know breaking the bond and making a bond. So that means uh, it's a, not a, uh, stable. It's very unstable. You know, it was the image of the liquid water uh, before. And so I understand this situation uh, because uh, the, the most scientists were thinking in this way. So um, the water cannot have a memory. Because if you, uh, if the water can have a memory, then it ha should have a kind of stable structure to keep the memory. But uh, in a general uh, view of the liquid water was, you know, very unstable, you know, uh, random, um, you know, moving water molecules. 
But, uh, for example, uh, very recently, uh, like uh, Dr. Gerard Porak, he found uh, uh, the fourth phase water, which is uh, relatively stable. You know, I don't go into details, but uh, it's not uh, randomly, you know, working water molecules, but it has a kind of uh, structure, even in liquid state. So uh, we could say it's a liquid crystal. And so there can be, uh, it can have a memory because it's uh, not unstable. It has a you know, kind of fixed uh, structure. And also, um, like Dr. Luc Montagne, uh, he found that the water can have a memory uh, using uh, DNA or genetic material, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, it's uh, different from Dr. Polak's approach. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, Dr. Luc Montagne uh, gave uh, evidence, scientific evidence, that the water can have a memory. So, and these researches, uh, I think it, um, they did this research in 21st centuries. And before that, you know, like uh, Dr. Jack Benvenist, he found evidence that the water can have a memory. Uh, it was in year 1988, and he uh, wrote a paper in a uh, uh, scientific journal, Nature. But uh, uh, at that time, uh, many scientists you know, objected to Dr. Mm. Jack Benvenist's findings. And uh, so he lost his job and, you know, he, he passed away like more than 10 years ago. And, uh, uh, but just recently, uh, especially Dr. Porak or Water, International Water Conference, the people at the conference, they are uh, trying to recover the, you know, the credit of mm. uh, Dr. Jack Benvenist recently. And so now, uh, I would say even now, uh, in the mainstream science, uh, most of the scientists uh, do not know about the research by uh, water scientists, you know, um, the latest, in the latest water science. Uh, but uh, in the water, uh, international water science, uh, it's uh, really common sense that the water has a memory. So now, um, uh, their job is to find out what kind of mechanism, uh, you know, based on what kind of me mechanism the water can have a memory. Well, if you're talking about conscious water, which uh -huh. is an intelligence of its own, mm -hmm. why wouldn't it have a memory? I mean, to be conscious is to be aware. So wouldn't that mean that the water is aware? Am I off track here, Robert? You're, you're uh, you know, the, it, water is, first of all, I think everything has a certain degree of consciousness. Yes. Okay. So water... Let's look at it in a very practical way, and then I can go into a little bit more of a, of a metaphysical way. When we are dehydrated, when we have not enough water in our body, any kind of water, we become not so clear. Our consciousness is affected immediately. We, we, we don't have the clarity of thought. We have our compromised physiology, and all kinds of things happen when water is decreased. So the dehydration issue. So when we get uh, hydrated, when we have a, uh, a comfortable uh, level of, of water in our body, then we're thinking clearly and so forth. But then there's water that has been, um, that, that comes from natural sources. Let's start there. So there's the next level up. So instead of tap water that's been filtered, we have water that can hydrate our cells, but then we have water that's coming from a natural sources. And this is the 
work of Schoenberg and others that nature spins the water and it goes through vortices uh, in nature all the time. And so this spinning motion of water rearranges the molecular structure. So the molecules, what I mean by that is the molecules, all the H2O molecules and the minerals, they actually conform to these geometric, these geometric um, relationships that are profoundly beautiful. And so we- Is that the crystallization that we see? Well, it's, it's not exactly crystallization, but it's just the relationship uh, of, of each of the molecules looks very, very beautiful and very coherent as opposed to all over the place. And so, and Emoto's work uh, is, takes it one step even further. So we're looking though at this phenomenon where water from nature, natural water that hasn't been polluted, that's come through waterfalls, from, from springs and down through waterfalls and down through rivers, there's spinning and spinning and spinning that is happening. This water then, if you drink it, increases our ability to live life, increases our endurance, and they've looked at that in athletes. So then we, we that's, that's even better than just regular water. Then we're looking at water that has that structure that, nat, that nature has done with the relationship of the molecules to each other. Then we're looking at water that is opening up, you could say, memory or information that's open, that's accessing information. Now, this is where uh, crystalline structures come in, Sarah, uh, and I know that um, uh, Yasu knows about this. So, working with Professor William Tiller at Stanford University for many, many years, he's a good friend of mine, and he used to teach at Stanford crystallography, he used to teach in a very conventional way how, how, how the earth makes crystals. And he began to look at the unique qualities of crystals with the lattice relationship and, and all. But then he, he jumped over into an understanding that crystals themselves, a perfect crystal, actually transduces higher information or higher conscious information. And so we can you think of crystals as antennas for higher sources of information. We're talking about memory, we're talking about information. And in, indeed, the water in our body with the sodium chloride and the minerals, if it's this higher quality of water that has, that first of all, we've got to get rid of the pollution before we drink it. Then we, we, we elevate the water to this level of structural relationship that, uh, that emulates this, this crystalline phenomenon where a informational antenna is created. And so when we have our epiphanies, when we have our insights, when we have our, even just our moment-to-moment -moment quality. Clarity. Clarity and quality of life, if we are in tune with that which is already there with the blueprint for our higher potential, we are in tune with something that is going to be life-supporting, not only to our own bodies, but outward to the people that we are interacting with. And this gives a, a snapshot of the potential to raise consciousness globally by the water. And if the, and 
back to information. So Emoto's work, Yasu's work, if, if one um, gets into a consciousness of love, it will change the molecular relationship of the water to look very, very beautiful. We've seen those wonderful pictures. Uh, Yasu has one behind him and it looks like the calendar there. And there's a, the, the book, um, The Miracle of Water, it has all of these pictures. If we uh, are angry, then the molecular relationship changes. And it, you could just say, you don't, you don't have any doubt in your mind which is a more appealing, which is a more uh, enticing uh, vibration to be associated with. So not only can we drink water with this higher vibratory quality that is already transducing information of higher consciousness, and that's what we're doing. We're, we're creating products and water um, processing devices that can bring the water that nature intended with these structural relationships so that quite naturally the information that is in our essence that is in our blueprint is more available to us but then we learn how we can interact with our own lives this is something this is the spiritual path how to interact with our consciousness how to interact with our thoughts how to interact with our, with our emotions if the water has that um, basis of higher conscious life the next evolutionary phase of humanity then we can actually more easily interact with transformational uh, activities transfer insights epiphanies transformational transfiguration our, our, our cells can be healed much more quickly and we've seen this in clinical situations and real, real patients that have had serious problems and nothing else has worked we give them this water this structured water and they begin to heal up and they begin to interact with their own healing so it's a it's an exciting uh, time for water and it's an exciting time for this discussion uh, to be had so you asked about the memory so the memory is something that we can embed in water with our own consciousness and then if we have the structured water, which is which can be made with um, special devices, that water has the memory of higher consciousness already. It has the higher life force potential. It 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 can it is we are the water planet. So if we're going to evolve as a planetary global community with all the different forms of life and we are evolving if we're going to evolve more we we need to look at the the role and i think it's the most important role of this evolutionary phase we're in of water and the quality of water the structured water and that will hopefully begin to get into society in a big in a in a in a in a in a big way resonating way because mm -hmm. we have we have a lot going on right now as we all know and we have mm -hmm. great potential we have a great potential to shift into a higher as bill tiller calls it to a higher gauge symmetry to a higher state of order as a society and i think water is at the at the basis of that 
Now, a question. Um, when we talk, um, you know, vibration, uh, we're also talking um, yeah, in consciousness. It's a higher frequency, isn't it? It's elevating at a higher hertz, a higher frequency that, you know, resonates out uh, in a more obviously positive consciousness. Um, the crystallization of the water, Yesu, can mm. you measure that? Can you measure it as a vibration, as a hertz or as an energy? Um, oh. Is it just the, the different patternings, but is it measurable? Go ahead, yes. oh, It's a very good question, but uh, um, the water crystal photographs, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's not, not easy to, you know, to quantitize or, you know, it's uh, just a quality. And uh, Dr. Emoto used to say that if you find uh, very beautiful, you know, or hexagonal and harmonious water crystal, that means uh, the vibration in the water is very high. Uh, right. Very high means harmonious uh, uh, with nature. Right. If uh, you find uh, only broken, you know, water crystals, the vibration is, uh, you know, kind of uh, not harmonious with nature or it's, uh, you know, destructive. Uh, vibration. And so, uh, it's about water crystal uh, photographs, you know, uh, to answer your question, you know, it's... Uh, they've, they've never actually measured the water itself to mm, see, or is that hard to do? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, we didn't do that so far, I think. Uh, next experiment. In fact, actually, I would love you to go to the Bosnian Pyramid. Uh, oh. speak to uh, Sam Yosha, Yoshimaki um, and, and, and measure the water there because they have found the water in the Bosnian period so incredibly healing and that it would be absolutely, you know, really intriguing to know what the crystallization of that and, and the measurement of that uh, because it's been around for a very, very long time. But, mm. you know, they have found that water to be absolutely incredible. Now, you get so many different patterns different crystallization a lot of hexagrams in there do you think that there's a common pattern um, that represents something in particular because you, you see obviously lots of different patterns but they all seem to have a kind of a hexa, hexagram type look to them ah just only one thing i can uh, i can uh, talk and uh, which is uh, uh, it's dr emoto's you know findings also and uh, uh, you know, usually it's a hexagonal. There are six, you know, points. Mm -hmm. But uh, sometimes the one of the points or one or two of the points uh, becomes like, uh, you know, not, not this kind, but uh, like this. Right, know. opening up. Mm -hmm. Opening up, kind of. And it's uh, very similar to the form of this, you know, uh, both hands together. We say gasho, you know, when we pray, you know, we, right. we do like this. And so uh, sometimes the, you know, one of the tip uh, becomes like this, a little bit, you know, broken. And uh, Dr. Emoto found that uh, especially uh, if we uh, pray to the water, mm. you know, any prayer, then uh, there's a tendency that we can find this kind of, you know, shape. So Dr. Emoto uh, said this is the shape of prayer, you know. And this is um, maybe just one thing I can remember, I can talk to you. Well, hexagrams uh, is something that we see a great deal repeated in patterns in, in everything, isn't it? Um, Robert, oh, yeah, have yeah. you found this as well? I, I, I have. You know, what you're, what you're bringing up, 
is, uh, is fascinating because we talk about the memory, the blueprint, the information. Not like the DNA. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and when we, when we uh, imagine that our bodies has a field of intelligence, all pervasive that is in and around each of our cells, that field of intelligence, it's called the biofield, um, has information specific for each organ, for each body, for each cell. Now this is something that uh, Dr. Beverly Rubick has written about, and we've done a lot of research with her, and, and also with water. So this informational field that is there, I mean, it, when, when a plant grows, it's, there's a physical phenomenon with the seed, and then the seed breaks open and goes to a sprout and to a stem and leaves, and then finally to a flower. It's following subtle information, subtle fields that are, are like the blueprint that allow these, these amazingly huge transitions of form from the seed to the flower. There's almost very little you know, relationship, and we see this constantly in nature, that these fields have, have been established for phase transitions for the seed to go to the sprout, to the stem, to the flower, for humanity to grow from a zygote into a, a, a you know, a, from the zygote into a little baby, and then, the, and then the, the growing happens. This is not something that humans understand. This is not something that we have to learn. This is something that is already embedded in the whole fabric and the field phenomenon of this physical world. And so these fields that are really at the basis that govern our different phase transitions are, and here's, here's our theory, is that the mediated, the physical mediator, the physical medium that trans, transfers or translates uh, the, the field of subtle information that can't be measured with conventional physics, and that's a because of their, you look at it from a microscope, you're looking at photon collisions, and so anything that is not being collided by a photon is invisible. So the, that's a whole conversation of itself, but we, we know because we see growth in nature, we see these different phases, and we believe that water is the key information translator. So if the quality of the water is low, if the vibration of the water, you could say, is low, certainly it's polluted, but let's just give, let's say, let's assume we can clean the water. If the, if the vibration of the water or the quality of the water is unable to transduce like an antenna on a radio, you know, if you're not able to get a clear signal, then the effect will be a compromised form or a comp on the radio signal, it's compromised sound, in a human condition, it's a compromised individual. In a plant, it's a compromised plant that, that isn't blossoming. You know, they did the Fenhorn experiment with, with higher conscious vibrations in the environment, and plants grew four or five, ten times their, natural, their, their average size. So water is the medium. Water is the key. It takes that subtle field 
that subtle, those subtle fields of innate intelligence, fields of information that are responding to this phase of consciousness, this phase of humanity. Just like the phase of the rose bush, we have the plant, the seed phase, the stem phase, the leaves phase. These are phases that are quite different from the previous one. Humanity is entering this new blossoming of higher consciousness and the water all along has been the transducer of that innate intelligence, those fields of energy that do correspond, by the way, Sarah, and I wanted to bring it back. If you're looking at the corresponding fields and form, you see these sacred geometric symbols or these sacred, sacred geometries. And, and those angles and geometric patterns actually have been cognized uh, by most indigenous cultures, and they, they show up in the indigenous art, they show up in the scriptures, and, and the Vedantic uh, Vedas, and, and the Taoists, and even the uh, uh, Cherokee Indians, that you see these geometries in the art, which means they were, they're there in consciousness, and the artist, you know, is reflecting their own consciousness. And certainly in modern time, uh, Tiller and others have looked at these angles, these sacred geometric angles that show up in mandalas and in, in art, and have found that there's, there's a, a variety of relationships or ratios that are consistently found throughout phase transitions in life, one state going to another, one quality of human going to a higher conscious human, one quality of plant going to a higher conscious or a higher potential of the plant. This is how the sacred geometries and the relationships of angles and space, which creates a flow of space, uh, uh, ties into this conversation and, it, and it's remarkable and it's fascinating and, and it really is humbling because this is something that's already there. This is not something that humans have invented and then are casting on the, the world. This is something that is, has been with uh, nature since the beginning. It's, it's how plants grow. It's how souls... And, and it is everything, isn't it? I mean, I mean, yes. What doesn't need water on this planet? You know, everything needs to be fed by water. And if everything's been fed by this, you know, hexagramic or, you know, type of um, memory or intelligence, consciousness, then, you know, the, and kind of coming back to the old Celestium prophecy, you know, when you put good vibrations onto something, it grows bigger. So I think that consciousness is always there, as you can see evident from all the photographs, you know, that has been taken, Yeshu, you know, all the different hexagrams. And it's, it's really just a, a kind of a different language speaking to us isn't it a different level of consciousness that's coming through the message may, uh, may i may i talk about the evolution yeah. evolution of life yes because it's a, a kind of i want to add to what uh the uh robot told before and which is uh because uh when we think about the water of course the is uh, like 70 percent of our body yes. is water and 70% uh, of the surface of this planet is water. And also without water, we no. cannot survive. So we think it's very important. But, uh, uh, you know, based on the uh, scientific uh, research uh, recently, 
uh, I think, but not only me, but also other scientists are thinking that uh, water is uh, maybe the most essential um, mm-hmm. me- medium for the evolution itself or for the life itself. Uh, from the beginning, I mean, and, uh, and also, the, you know, the, the most abundant um, atom or most abundant substance in the universe is uh, hydrogen. Of course, hydrogen, you know, in the sun or star, they have a lot of hydrogen. And also the, after, you know, the nuclear fusion, uh, there will be a helium. So hydrogen and helium is, uh, you know, the most abundant uh, atom in the universe. But uh, what is the third most abundant material in the universe? They say it's water. Mm. Okay? This means uh, water is, uh, you know, anywhere in the universe. And so at the beginning of the evolution, water may have a critical role to, you know, to evolve, to start the evolution. Right. So yeah, the, my, the actual source, the actual life yeah. My opinion, yeah. Yeah. yeah, my opinion. If you, uh, if you think about your body right now, it's very complicated. You know, we have a genetic material, genetic system, and uh, enzymes or cellular structure. A lot, you know, we have very complex, uh, complicated structure. But uh, at the beginning, maybe water and two elements in in the universe. You know, uh, it's a uh, kind of start of this world. And uh, water, uh, light is uh, yeah. giving uh, information and giving yes. energy. And water is receiving the information, the receiving energy. Light, maybe I can say light is a uh, love, actually. It's the same mm-hmm. thing, I believe. And so light is... Uh, oh, part you know, of the soul. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you can see. This is a, a hexagonal, you know, like a star of David, mm-hmm. you know. This uh, no, up uh, pointing triangle means triangle, uh, yes. light. Mm-hmm. And down pointing triangle means water. Right. And here, information and energy. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so this is at the beginning of the universe, you know, uh, the water uh, is uh, receiving the message from the higher or from the God or, you know, and uh, so water is a, a passive role. Water has a passive role and light has a um, active role. You know, it's a, like a male and a female, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yin yang. Thing, yin yang. And uh, so after many, many years, like billions of years, now we have this body. But at the beginning, water is the most essential uh, thing for the life itself. This is what I'm thinking right now. I completely agree with you. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a person that cannot stand stagnation. Mm-hmm. And so I'm an air sign. And so for me, I need to be somewhere where there's always a breeze or there's always something moving. And when you look mm-hmm. at water, when it stagnates, you know, mm-hmm. it starts to break down, doesn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. the ferment. Right. And, uh, you know, then starts becoming, you know, alignable with disease or whatever. When we think about consciousness, it's also something that can't stagnate. It needs to be constantly in flow. Mm -hmm. So air, water, and consciousness is always something that's in a fluid moment. 
And I think this is why it's always changing shapes and sizes and, and uh, verifications of what it is as to what moment is it is in, in that consciousness. Um, would you agree with my layman way of looking at it? Yeah. So in this sense, I, I'm talking that the water is very important. Right. You know. It's so our, it's, it is our conscious intelligence, I think. Yeah, even the consciousness, or uh, it started from water. Mm -hmm. The upside down. I mean, the water was there at the beginning, and uh, in your Bible, you know, in the Genesis, the second line of Genesis, uh, it's talk. It's talking about the water. You know, the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And that's why they use holy water so much, right? As a representation uh, of that. After that, the light uh, appeared. Mm-hmm. You know, after that, you know, the uh, heaven and the earth created. But before that, there was water, according to the Bible. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a non-dualistic, you know, world at mm-hmm. the beginning. And water also had a very important role at that time. Yeah, and, and after still that, does. <laughs> we are now, you know, the dualistic world. We are living in the, this dualistic world. But uh, originally, water was there. I don't it know this first. is the same water, you know, as we have now here. But anyway, I'm interested what? in this kind of thing. Robert, what do you say to that? <laughs> I say we've, uh, we've really um, talked about one of the most important topics from a global perspective right now, and that uh, we've identified our own lives in relationship to water, and we've talked about the potential of humanity to grow to its next level of evolution, which is, which is, we're, we're, we're uh, we are ready for this. There's, uh, you know, one might wonder how can we connect and associate water with less suffering, and what we've talked about here is that our own field of intelligence that is part of who each of us are has the frequency, has the intelligence that knows not only how to sustain our own life, but how to sustain our communities and how to sustain each other. And not only how to sustain, but how to create a thriving society because of this connection that is, yes, invisible, but more and more realize within each of our lives and the key that water plays the role that water plays is the the higher vibratory water that we are drinking the higher and bathing and swimming the higher consciousness is available to us and the higher connectivity is aware uh, of each other and the and then we are we are more naturally inclined to to love, we are more naturally comfortable with with love. And I think maybe before you go any further with that, yeah. I think one of the problems is is people have looked at love here, and and awareness over there, and I think people are now be, are awakening in their consciousness to being aware of what love really is, and that it's not something you go and seek; it's something that you are in your rise, raised consciousness. 
Yes. It's like the blossoming. Yeah. The, the flower, rose, becoming the, rose, the flower. The rose was always there, even at the level of the seed. It just yes. has been expressed. So now we're at this point, and, and water will be the key facilitator, the key, the key uh, the oxygen. Uh, birthing, birthing mm -hmm. uh, intelligence for these higher states of consciousness that we so feel in our intuitive hearts. I mean, you know, people write songs about love and, you know, love is thrown around all the time and all you need is love. And yeah, really, all you do need is love. But we've been conditioned as a society that love is something you go and seek or you buy or somebody else has. It's, everybody, it's everything out there rather than being in here. Uh, so it's something about allowing ourselves to find that love, that blossoming within us, allowing that fluidity of that consciousness of that water to rise up within us. Because love is something rather like the flower that reaches for the sun it needs to exude. It needs to blossom out. It needs to expand itself. And then when it connects with sunshine, it then resonates out. And I think we've got to stop being so afraid of, of love and look at nature and look at science because the whole science of water is about that raising of consciousness into a love state. Now, why are we fighting this so much? Why are we arguing with it so much when we really do need to look at the fact that love is the vibration and the frequency we need to resonate out in order to really truly understand why we're here, how to treat each other, how to live in harmony with the planet, but also how to connect to that universal intelligence. So we have all the answers. We've always been given them, but it is our own head that gets in the way uh, of arguing about it instead of stepping into it because everything is that inside job and a beautiful metaphor of the the seed you know up the the stem the leaves and then blossoming into the flower beautiful uh, you know about the sun being the heart the water being that soul consciousness of ignition the yin the yang all the answers are here so it is time for us to step up into that higher vibration, that higher consciousness, because only at that level are we not only going to be healing to the planet, healing to ourselves, but healing to one another. Because I think vibrationally, the planet is suffering from all our negativity. So it is up to every one of us to actually own that conscious journey, that awakening and step into that love, because we are the solution that we seek. Anybody want to respond to that beautiful. one? <laughs> no, that's beautifully said, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, actually, the, I, uh, I would like to talk about uh, Dr. Emoto's intention uh, regarding the water crystal technology. And because, as you said, you know, the, if we say good thing to yourself or to other people, then it's not good, you know, of course. The, even the, your thought or your emotion or your intention, we cannot see. But uh, Dr. Emoto wanted to show, to visualize the effect of your you know, bad emotion or good emotion or bad word or good word to you, not only to you, but to other people. So this is uh, the purpose of water crystal photographs. 
yeah. you know, by Dr. Emoto. And actually, the, because uh, when I talk about the water crystal technology, you know, many people, uh, especially like uh, people, uh, religious people or indigenous people, they all already, they have known about yes. this fact, of course, you know, for many, many years. But uh, they uh, usually say to Dr. Emoto, oh, thank you very much for visualizing, you know, this fact. Yeah, and verifi verifying, yeah. you know, it's uh, because actually when you look at those crystals, it's almost like it, each one of those crystals is like the little speck of snow uh -huh. that comes down, isn't it? Because snow mm. is very much of a crystallized of water, is it not? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because actually, the, from snow crystals, Dr. Emoto got an idea to freeze the liquid water to observe the water crystal photographs. And so we need people that are inquisitive in the world because it's always been here. All the answers have been here, but we've all tried to look at it from a limited point of view. And unless we bring the metaphysics, the spirituality, the consciousness in, and the science together and all dine at the same table, it is not any one is more right than the other. It's just a different understanding of the whole. And I think this, what we are seeing with a lot of scientists today is that opening up to this is the piece that I have. This is the piece you have. But when we put it together, we have the clarity. Um, you know, you work a lot with scientists, Yashu. Yes, are you seeing more scientists opening up to the, the consciousness that's within water? Or are they still trying to kind of seek it only from a scientific point of view? Uh, consciousness in water? Yeah. I mean, there's the whole idea of it, you know, because they, they've got to find the science behind it, you know? Yeah, yeah, but uh, just uh, one episode, you know, one uh, scientific research I uh, remembered, uh, which was uh, by the last poem. You know, he got a Nobel Prize twice, and he found the structure of proteins many years ago, and he did a very interesting experiment uh, many years ago. Uh, you know, it's about the anesthesia, anesthesia, you know, general anesthesia, and. Uh, in general anesthesia, uh, that they use uh, xenon, it's a correct uh, pronunciation, xenon, X-E-N-O-N, the gas, inactive gas. And uh, this gas will make you into general anesthesia. Mm -hmm. But uh, probably, I'm not sure right now, but uh, uh, they didn't understand the mechanisms why xenon can uh, bring about general anesthesia. And but uh, Ryan Pauling, he uh, he uh, suggested, I think, that uh, this xenon can uh, break the molecular structure or the like a cluster structure of water in your brain. <sighs> you know, the xenon is uh, very inactive, so it doesn't uh, make a bond with other you know material like that. It's very inactive, you know, xenon. But still, it has an uh, effect of general anesthesia. So the one possibility is that this xenon just broke the water network inside the brain cells so that the patient lost consciousness. That means, you know, the water has, uh, you know, uh, something to do with the consciousness itself. Right. This yeah. is a very direct, a kind of direct evidence. Uh, scientific evidence mm -hmm. that uh, consciousness might be based on water. Right. Yeah. Robert? It's an exciting time. 
it's an exciting time for all of us. And, and I wanted to, to reference uh, two scientists, Dr. Beverly Rubick and Professor Rustin Roy. What they've uh, collectively, and I, they have been looking at waters from healing, famous healing places like Lourdes and some of the healing mountains in Asia and Japan, Mount Shasta. And they're, and they're finding that the, the reason why they're called healing waters, particularly Lourdes, because there's so many documented uh, cases of people that are dr drinking that water and, and showing health improvements, if not miraculous healings. So what they were interested in is the molecular structure. Is there a real physical difference between those waters and the waters that we generally drink? And there was, there was a very, very specific relationship of the molecules in those healing waters compared to similar water that uh, weren't from those, from those sacred places, you could call it. So again, nature has those, those potential uh, vibratory uh, fields that can be carried through water into our own consciousness, into our own physiologies, and then our own physiologies have the ability to self-heal. And so this is like a sympathetic resonant um, pick-me-up for our own self-healing. And so that's, that's our next step, is to, is to create waters that have this quality of, you could say, higher vibratory water, right. higher conscious water, water that's structured as nature intended it to be, to... Water with love. <laughs> water with love. Very well said. And probably the most important part of this whole conversation is that we're rediscovering love. We're, we're taking love from a, a, uh, something that we want over here and we, and we love that thing. And so we're going yes. to evolve from that to a state of consciousness that is self-sufficient, that is freely radiating out love without anything expected in return. And that quality of love, if we get enough of those mm -hmm. uh, love sources on the planet, then there will be a mass transformation, a very quick evolutionary jump. It's just, it just has to be, because that that's the nature of, of this kind of love that we're talking about, is that it, it, it not only loves and allows and is free from its own needs and fear, but it also perpetuates the other qualities of our intellects and consciousness to come up with solutions to problems. So in a very, very fascinating way, love can, can heal, love can solve problems because from the quality of the heart, yeah, from the quality of the heart, as that love goes out, it frees up our own clarity and the insights of these fields of information that have been latent for maybe millions of years that people begin to tap into and solve these major global issues. And yes, yeah. love, water, our own consciousness, and this beautiful planet we're on. Well, you've, you've heard me say it before on other shows uh, with you, Robert, about the knowingness, because I'm, I'm always spouting off about the knowingness. And it's can 
to your divine consciousness. Have it resonate with your heart, lifting your spirit into action so your mind will know what it needs to know at the time it needs to know it. That's the knowingness. That's all you need to know right now. And if we get out of our, um, our head intellect, and go into our conscious heart and spirit intellect, we will actually understand the true purpose of love, ignite it in our heart and consciousness, and become the love we seek. And not worry about tomorrow. You know, what you do today is already seeding tomorrow. It's not about what you're doing. It's about who you're being. And are you being love? Have you stepped into a consciousness that has elevated your own frequency? Have you stepped into a state of self-love that you exude that love and that passion for who and what you are being out there? That, I believe, is when our own water elevates our own water starts reaching up those higher levels of purity higher levels of consciousness that not only brings us better health brings us the clarity we need but then allows us to resonate out ripple out that love and elevate everyone else because inspiration begets invitation so we have to understand i'm sorry folks i'm saying we have to because we do we have to understand that stepping into our consciousness and our heart is something, is our yin and yang. It is our sun and our water. You know, a lot of people talk about grounding, all wonderful. Right now, you need to go with the flow of the consciousness of the water. You need to trust the warmth of the sun and let it ignite the purity of that water into a higher consciousness because this is at a time period in our, in our evolution as mankind here on this planet that we need to evolve. It's time we grow up and step in and ignite into our consciousness. It's been inviting us since the beginning of time. And we've been very slow to learn. Now let's get out of the heads, get out of the flight. Let's step into the love and the consciousness and go with that flow. Trust that constant fluidity of water and air and love. And we will actually find our presence is so much better in our own lives and in the lives of others. Beautiful. Hmm. <laughs> the love and water are the same thing, aren't they? They're the warmth, you know, the kind of the flame to the water that just gets it boiling up and exuding out. Oh, and Sarah, just I wanted to tell you about the connection between water and love. Mm -hmm. you know, because this is also the, uh, because we would say that this water is polluted or this water has a high vibration or low vibration like that. But, you know, uh, yet another view of water, according to the, you know, another view of water, water does not change at all. You know, water allows the other, you know, material or contaminant to be dissolved mm. in the water. Water <sighs> does not eliminates. change at all. It eliminates. Yeah, it just, the other material is just dissolved in the water. Right. Or water can absorb lower, lower vibration or high vibration, but water does not change. So in this sense, I think the water is unconditional love. It's accepting anything, you know. So. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, I mean, unconditional love. The moment you start putting a condition on love, you've lost the meaning of it completely. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, Robert, just talk a little bit about your wonderful 018 and, you know, what it, 
you know, because basically I think that's the love injection into the water, isn't it? <laughs> yes. So we're, we're, uh, we're in the phase of collaboration. We're seeking others like you, uh, Yasu, and others that are having this uh, idea that water can make a difference. And so we, uh, we're not uh, limited to one product or one company now. We're looking for a collaborative venture. And uh, so we're in the process of, of making connections and making, um, creating a network of, of the water agenda or the consciousness of water. And there's other people that I'm working with that are behind this. So uh, that's the phase we're in because water is too big of a, uh, too important, too big of a project just to have one product or one group of products. Yeah. So we're looking at a more of a, a global response to this um, phase of evolution we're in. Yeah, we'll have stuff on our website, loveisthepower.com, uh, in the next month or two about this. And I know that, uh, Yasu, your brilliant work that you're continuing is dovetailing into uh, ours as well in terms of uh, more um, enlightened research and more ability to understand the potential of water and, and the various ways that we can entrain and enhance our own water. So that's the phase we're in. But the big C nowadays, you know, consciousness, um, but it's also collaboration, you know, yeah, um, <laughs> and, and the thing is, you know, as I said earlier, it's about you have the scientists, you have metaphysical, you have spiritualists, you have this and that, everybody at the table sharing their wisdom. It's not mine is more important than yours. Mine is, you know, the only answer. It is that collaborative of everybody bringing their ingredient to the table. You're a musician. You can play music on your own and play one, one instrument, and it's absolutely great. Put an orchestra together, That's right. right? You know, and now you've got this symphony that really resonates out. And, and here at Self-Discovery Radio TV, we're about to change our name and go into a new platform where we're bringing, we're creating, a virtual platform is virtual for reality um, of like conscious people. And it's all about raising our consciousness of people who have already stepped into that consciousness mm -hmm. that are now wanting to work together under this one umbrella. And we're just, we're merging into that and just bringing everyone together. But it's also going to be education for people in gamification, in, um, in, in, you know, uh, obviously my work and what I'm doing in um, seminars with what you're doing and we're creating an arena, but this arena is only for the people that have decided to step up into their consciousness and have something to share for the people who are seeking to ignite their consciousness and looking to understand how to do that. So that's my next platform coming up in the next few months and it's all putting everything under the umbrella so we have that same energy force there you know constantly propelling around constantly fluidly moving forward igniting us all because we've all got an ingredient for this dish yeah. and you know and it's it's about serving it up serving the buffet up and uh, having everybody partake in it Wonderful. so um i'm really glad you two have met um you know i know that uh, I've also introduced you to Fife, which um, 
they want to speak to you. Yeah, so they, they actually have a vibrational machine, that one that changes the hertz of actually the land you're living on. There is another aspect of it, another ingredient of it. And the thing is, every single one of these things has their own uses, has, um, has their own way of helping and igniting and, um, and just expanding that orchestra of life. And it's absolutely wonderful. So I thank you both for coming here today and sharing because uh, a lot has been said here today scientifically, understanding that conscience and science are the same thing and understanding that the heart is at the heart of it, mm -hmm. right? And in, to ignite that heart is to ignite our consciousness, is to ignite our action and, and to ignite our frequency into making our lives and this world a better place. So I thank you both. Thank you very much, both of thank you, you for coming you, here today so and sharing. Sarah and the robot, thank you very much. Yeah. It's, it's been absolutely wonderful. Um, yes, yes, how do people get hold of you, loves, if people want to reach out to you? Oh, it may be my email address. And uh, uh, shall I tell the email address? Yes, yes, and please spell it. <laughs> um, Yasuyuki, Y-A-S-U-Y-U-K-I dot Nemoto, N-E-M-O-T-O, at mark, hado dot com, H-A-D-O dot C-O-M. Yasuyuki, Y-A-S-U-Y-U-K-I dot N-E-M-O-T-O, at mark, H-A-D-O dot C-O-M. Excellent, wonderful, and of course you find it here on the YouTube, and you'll find it on the blog. And uh, Robert, again, how people get hold of you, love. Loveisthepower.com. Loveisthepower.com. And of course, all you have to do is just put Robert Williams in here at StuffDiscoveryRadioTV.com, and you'll see all the shows I've done with him. This is another one added, and I invite you to go and look at the Let's Get Sync series. I have interviewed some awesome people like Yashi and Robert, and now we're bringing the roundtables together, bringing wonderful minds together, and there's a lot more to come. And these are people who have stepped into consciousness. They're business people. They're people that are working on new government laws. They're people that are, are, have stepped up into changing whatever we need to do to change our consciousness. And and uh, they're from around the world and they're doing extraordinary things. And the key word is the consciousness. The key word is that ignition. So please come and listen to the Let's Get Sync series as well. And you're going to find some awesome people there. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Yeah. Love uh, to <laughs> both of you. Love to you, Sarah. And to you, Thank you. Yasu. Thank you very much. And Sarah, until next time. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. And until next time, folks, it's bye for now. For more wonderful shows like this, please go to selfdiscoveryradio.com, podcasts and see our lineup. And if you wish to support us, we have a funded button. Please stay tuned for our next show.